Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're connecting with Dale O'Shields. Dale is the founding and senior pastor of Church of the Redeemer, a multi-site church in the Maryland area for over 36 years. He's an author and speaker with a passion for building the church and equipping pastors. He helped create the United Pastors Network, and today he'll be sharing some insights from his book, Steps to Freedom. He'll share some advice on leadership longevity and also the importance of pouring into younger leaders. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership and we connect with amazing leaders from around the U.S., even around the world. And today we have another amazing leader, Pastor Dale O'Shields, pastor of Church of the Redeemer. We're going to get into, into an amazing conversation about some interesting and important topics such as freedom and restoration, how important that is to leaders leadership longevity, and also pouring into younger pastors. Pastor Dale, we're so pumped to have you here. How does it feel to be on the Avail podcast? Hey, Virgil, thank you so much for the opportunity. It feels great to be here. It's a little chilly in our part of the world, but uh, hey, our hearts are warm. Hey, we're excited, and and we, we we pray that some sunshine and heat would come to the to the D.C. area soon. <laughs> some of that Florida up this way, please. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hey, I'm excited to get into this conversation, Pastor Dale, because um, I've been able to observe um, from a distance in the last couple of years. We have some mutual friends and pastors that are that are awesome, and I've just been able to see what God has has done in your life, in your pastorate, in Church of the Redeemer, and in so many United pastors network. I'm excited uh, to just hear from you, to glean a little bit from your experiences, your insight. Uh, Before we get into this leadership conversation, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I'm married for 43, almost 44 years to my wife, Terry, and uh, we have two had two precious daughters, both married and seven incredible grandchildren. So that wow. would be the, the number one aspect of our pedigree. That's what's most important, really, is that family. And then uh, we've been pastor here at Church of the Redeemer for this will pretty close to 36 years. We started in wow. 1986 planted the church back in the days whenever it wasn't so easy to plant churches. Maybe it's not always easy to plant a church, but uh, a little uh, earlier than uh, having resources like ARC and those kind of places. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been here for 36 years. And so it's been a blessing. It's seeing God do some incredible things. And it's just been a joy to be a part of what God has done here in our part of the world. Yeah, you know, it really is. It really is an honor for us. Uh, And when I say us, I mean just the Avail audience, which is leaders of all shapes and sizes. Uh, A lot of pastors, a lot of ministry leaders, people of influence, you know, in the in the church world, and also a lot of marketplace leaders who lean in and and, and are Christians and and love to learn as well about leadership. So I, I love this opportunity to to dive into a few topics. Now, I want to talk about first, I want to kind of start off with your book, the uh, Steps to Freedom. Steps to Freedom is a book that you wrote. And and I'd love for you to share a little bit about your heart. Why the book Steps to Freedom? Yeah, well, the book uh, Steps to Freedom, actually, with the original uh, version of it was written in 2000, uh, as I was pastoring people and realizing that uh, and part of my background, actually, Virgil, is I come from a bit of a counseling background. And so I was uh, just realizing the interface between discipleship and soul issues, people that are broken inside trying to live out their relationship with Christ. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the 
maybe favorite passages that I lean into that really, I think, prompted the concept of the book or as a part of the concept of the book is the 23rd Psalm, where the Bible says that he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. There was something about that passage that really struck me that there's the restoring of the soul that precedes the paths of righteousness. And many times uh, a lot of people are trying to get into the, 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 the discipled life and the paths of righteousness, but they're stumbling over the, the soul issues that are still there that are not restored. And so it really trips them up along their journey. And so I found that really that's kind of a pathway to discipleship, that there has to be a level of restoration of the soul before there really is a dimension of being able to walk in paths of righteousness. None of us ever arrive at that. Uh, but I wrote the book to really to primarily address some of those issues and, and to weave it together with the concept of discipleship. You know, I think that's, that's, this is such a huge topic. I mean, even just anybody, everybody, everybody now, especially when it comes to leaders and people that are leading, because when, when we're leading others, that means that we're, we're leading beyond ourselves. Right. And, and I, and I, I personally, I love this topic because I think it's so important. Um, in today's society and, and just in today's context, maybe even more than before, right? There's so many people who aren't free. Can, can you yeah. talk a little bit about, can you talk a little bit about what is freedom, you know, and, 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 and what are some of the most common, I guess, the most common ways and areas where people are need restoration? Yeah. Well, you know, just to use another biblical example and then kind of bringing into some practical applications, we remember the story in John chapter 11 of Lazarus and how uh, Jesus arrives on the on the scene after he's been dead for four days. He's in the tomb and Jesus speaks that word to him, Lazarus, come forth and he comes forth. But of course, we all know the story. He comes forth with his grave clothes on. And uh, there's still a lot of stench there. There's still a lot of uh, decay there. There's still a lot of stuff that that Lazarus has got to walk through and deal with. And in fact, in that story, uh, Jesus encouraged the people around him to take his grave clothes off to help him to be free, if mm. you will, from that which wow. was binding. So you can have life inside of you. Obviously, Lazarus was alive, but he still had a lot of stench of the world around him, the scars, if you will, of decay that comes. And, you know, when you live in the world, the world's a rough place and the world does a lot of damage to our souls. Uh, sometimes growing up in families that are dysfunctional and broken, we, we have wounds in, in us that come in terms of our self-identity, our self-worth, and then we come to relationship with Christ. We have a hard time trying to figure out what this love of God means for me personally, and how can I accept that and live in that, and, and all these issues of identity and these issues of anxiety and fears and all kind of things that get, and all of those, Virgil, as you well know, those are in the soul. Those yeah. are things that get buried inside of us and things trigger those things in our life. And then we find ourselves doing things that we would rather not do to try to cope with those elements. And it, it, it really struggles with and affects our discipleship, our, our growth and relationship with Christ. So we have a lot of grave clothes that, that need to be removed in terms of just the, the woundings of the soul. Yeah, that's a good visual. Um, before we talk a little bit about maybe some some practical steps, right, that you might recommend, I have a question. Sure. Uh, maybe it, it, throughout your years in pastoring and leading and pastoring pastors and leading leaders, um, what do you think are some some signs that we should keep an eye out for or, you know, signs of an unrestored soul or dangers that we can get into yeah, when we're yeah. trying to lead on empty? Well, sometimes I'll use the the analogy, and this was not original with me. I heard it from someone else many years ago, but it really stuck with me. It's uh, when you're when you're living with issues in your soul. It's kind of like being in a swimming pool, uh, and you've got a beach ball, and you're, you you try to hold it underwater. 
And uh, if you ever try to hold a beach ball underwater, you know what happens is it's always putting some kind of pressure on you. It wants to get up. It wants to get out. And so you're using all this incredible pressure to try, try to keep uh, the the ugly side of yourself down. OK, wow. and, and, and it's just kind of wants to keep popping up and popping up. And of course, it, it wants to pop up because it's there. OK, yeah, it's real. You know, it's not something that we've properly dealt with. And whether it be a wound uh, from a father or a wound from a mom or a wound from a relationship that we haven't re- haven't dealt with effectively, maybe a deep levels of resentment, unforgiveness. I mean, we could go on and on with all the different aspects of things that happen to people because we're real. We're people. We, we hurt yeah. on the inside. We get bruised in our soul and that becomes that beach ball underwater and it pushes up. It, uh, it you know, it, it's, it's been said before when you're under stress, you regress and how true that is. Mm-hmm. And when you're under stress or things that come out, you see things in your life that you don't <laughs> like that are contrary to what you want to be as a Christian. And you don't feel like you're capable of controlling those things. And I think those are some of the symptoms that happen with people. Man, when you were saying that, I was remembering just even as a kid trying to do that with a beach ball or trying to hold something (laughs) underwater. And you can do it for a little while, but eventually it just pops up. And doesn't that happen? It wearies you. It just, you know, people that are dealing with emotional issues, they don't have the the resources to deal with life because they're using all of a lot of their energy to try to hold stuff back, hold stuff down, deal with stuff inside of them. So really they're not free to use all of their energies or more of their energies for, for God's kingdom, for their families, for all those things that are vital and important to you. Yeah. You, you know, Pastor Dale, I'm a pastor's kid. So my, my father uh, is, you know, he, him and my mother, they, you know, they planted our church, you know, almost yeah. 30 years ago. And, and I can't, and, and he's Hispanic. So there's, there's some cultural, um, you know, idiosyncrasies that might be different from culture to culture. And um, I can't help but think that a lot of people from my father's generation, maybe even, maybe even you could attest to this, could some eat pastors, leaders, have issues they know they do but kind of feel i can't share that i can't come clean i can't i can't expose my beach ball because what are people going to say right Yeah, yeah And you add to that, you know, really, I think what you're talking about there, Virgil, is you're talking about at some level the shame that comes with it. And shame, mm-hmm. you, know, you get shame on top of the fact that you already have issues, but you're ashamed to bring your issues forward because you're you're afraid of what that's going to do to the perceptions of people around you. And so the, the, what is required is a safe place, safe opportunity, vulnerability and uh, trusted relationships where that can happen in your life. And uh, and uh, oftentimes you know, it just those aren't as present. I think, I think actually we're doing a better job in the church nowadays in terms of that than we did. You know, I was raised in a pastor's home as well. My dad was a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a kind of different world. You you had to wear the Superman cape all the time. Uh, (laughs) You know, so, uh, but, you know, I think we're starting to learn a little bit more about the fact that pastors are human and pastors don't have a super Superman cape. Uh, They're just normal as everybody else. So that vulnerability, that willingness to bring it forward to some trusted friends is so, so valuable. Now, now what would you offer Pastor Dale as maybe some practical advice or steps for a pastor, a leader who, who, if they're honest with themselves, man, woman, younger, older could say, man, that's exactly what I'm going through. I'm going through, I need some help. I'm not free. I I need some healing. What are some words of advice? Well, the first thing is just to a, acknowledge it. You know, I think that's always the beginning point. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times we still live, you know, in 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 denial. We live in a, in a kind of 
that perspective of justifying things in our lives. And so once we stop justifying and realizing that, you know, I really do need to de- deal with this in my life and come to honesty with God and honesty with yourself, that's really what integrity is. Integrity is really not about being perfect. Integrity is about being honest in your life with who you are, not compartmentalizing your life and, oh, this is okay, I'll tuck it over here, but it doesn't mm-hmm. affect us. That we're, we're, everything affects all of our being. So being honest, I think uh, being able to acknowledge that, I think being able to say it's okay that I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's valuable for people as well. Because if you don't, if you feel like you're unusual, that you're the person that has problems and no one else does, then that's going to keep you locked into that very thing in your life. So I think just the realization of, you know what, I've got to acknowledge this. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that this is real in my life and it's okay because I want to move forward more than anything else. I don't want this to keep me from being the best that I can be. So when you look out beyond where you are right now and say, you know, if I will deal with this, there's some amazing things beyond me dealing with this if I will do so. And the the price of the pain in dealing with it is going to be the work is going to be worth the reward that comes on the other side of it. That's good. What what would you say in regards to people? Can 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 you find freedom alone? Can, is that something I could do? Like, can I just lock myself in a room and heal myself? <laughs> Talk to me about people. Well, yeah, people, yes, uh, you know, like as many people have said, ministry would be great if it weren't for the people, right? So <laughs> I think that's one of the things we tend to kind of run away from as pastors, even though we minister to them, we don't really know how to open ourselves up to them. And so the reality is, is that, yes, people need to be a part of it. Jesus told the crowd around Lazarus, hey, take his clo- grave clothes off. But I would add this, it's got to be trusted people. There's some people that'll just rip you apart and you can't be vulnerable with them, but the, you've got to find the right people in your life. And usually the best way to do that, at least as you're beginning that process of healing, is to find someone who's going through something as well. So that mm-hmm. it's not just, hey, I'm dumping all my problems and you see all my vulnerabilities, but there's a mutuality. You know, Virgil, if not, you and I can sit down and talk, you know, yeah. hey, I'm struggling with this. And you say, well, I'm struggling with this area or this too. And so suddenly there's a mutuality and there's a trust that comes because nothing ever heals without a trusting environment. Mm. Now, the reality Mm. is, hey, I will will say this as well, that there are those moments that you've got to get along with God. He's the ultimate healer, okay? Uh, And and there's there's moments you've got to get very real with Him and let Him dig down in your heart and soul, search me, God, and find this stuff in me and deliver me and help me. I strongly believe in that, but I also believe that God has put us in a family and a body and with the right trusted people around us, it sure accelerates the process of healing in our lives. That that's that's so good. Yeah, I think I think sometimes we don't realize how important it is, and not just anybody, but to have the right person or people that can yeah. really play an important role of helping us through that process. Um, maybe last thought on, on this topic, Pastor Dale. What happens when a leader, anybody for that matter, but but what happens when a leader truly goes through a process of personal restoration, inner healing, freedom, like, like what's, what's on the other side? What have you seen? The number one, I think the number one characteristic for being effective in ministry, apart from God's anointing and calling and the word of God and all those things we understand to be valuable. But if you're going to really help somebody else, Virgil, you have to have empathy. Mm-hmm. Empathy is what touches someone right where they are. And, and if, if you don't have empathy, if you're just giving pat answers to people 
or their problems or you're throwing scriptures at them to try to help them get over something and they feel that the fact this guy doesn't have a this gal doesn't understand what I'm really going through they're throwing you know spiritual ammunition at me but when <laughs> when you have that healing in your life you've been through that valley and you understand some of that pain and some of the dynamics and some of the psychological issues that you know defenses that you put up and suddenly now there's an empathetic even in preaching I've seen people that have you know it, you know, it, it transforms your preaching because you preach not at people but you preach and connect with people in the process of their pain and so I think it produces empathy I think it produces humility which yeah. is extremely yeah. important because the Bible says that God uh, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so pride really is covering that stuff up in our life. But when we come through that process of healing, there's a humility that happens with it. And then thereby grace that flows upon us. So many good things on the other side of that healing and, and does phenomenal things for your marriage and for your family uh, above and beyond anything else. You, it, you, you're you're going to have the capacity then to raise healthier kids and have a healthier marriage, healthier friendships. I mean, there, there's no downside to it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I want I want leaders to be able to get their hands on this book, Pastor Dale. It, it's called Steps to Freedom by Dale O'Shields. Where's Where's the best place that you would send them if they want to find that book? It's available. Uh, I'll give you a couple of places on our website at church-redeemer.org. Nice. Church-redeemer.org and also amazon.com uh, okay. should be available there as well. Yeah, I think some of you, some of you leaders out there, you, that's going to be a good resource, not only for you, but maybe for somebody you know or a leader you know, a person you know. Uh, I think you're going to be blessed and encouraged by that. Um, one of the things that impresses me about about you, Pastor Dale, and and uh, and pastors that I know that are you know that that kind of in that in the same um, kind of years of experience pastoring and and coming from a just a Christian background is the amount of the, how long you've been doing this and that you're you're well. You're okay. You don't. You, you don't look, okay. <laughs> you, you don't look broken or burnt out or, or or you know or negative about you know about church because you know church can be heavy and ministry can be hard and and leadership is you know is not easy. Let's talk a little bit about leadership longevity. I know this is something you like to talk about. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Why, why is leadership longevity something that you think is important to talk about? Well, I, I just think that. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house of God flourish in the courts of our God. The, the psalmist prays about staying green even in his old age. And uh, so there are a lot of references in the scriptures to the, to the value of generations. You know, I, I think one generation proclaims the work of God to the next generation. And while at the same time, as you get older, you want to look behind you and bring the people along into that role and responsibility. At the same time, you, you don't you, you don't want the grandfathers running away. You need grandfathers in the church, okay? Because that uh, your grandfathers are great. Grandfathers yeah, do things yeah. that fathers don't do. I mean, I, right, I, I right. treat my grandkids, yeah, ask my kids. I treat them different than I did my kids <laughs> because I have a different perspective. I'm at a different place in life. And so I, I do believe that the church really needs that uh, that longevity of people who haven't given up on ministry. They do make transitions and in, in, in proper time, but at the same time, they, they, they bring a value to it. And having been in the same place for a long time, it, it, to me, it's a privilege. It's an honor Yeah. because yeah. I've been able to walk. I mean, I'm telling you, there's hardly a season that I can think of that, that we haven't gone through here in our church you know, and experiences that we've gone through. And uh, my life is richer because of it. So I like to encourage young pastors, find the place God's called you to. 
get planted there. Don't jump around all over the place, but find a place, get planted. I know God moves people from time to time, but we are thrilled that we've been able to be here in this one place for 36 years and um, friendships and relationships that uh, hardly a place I can go in town without knowing somebody uh, that I have a connection with over those years. I'm not sure if I answered your question or not, but uh, anyway, no, that's no. a few thoughts on it. Yeah, you definitely did. And I want to kind of delve a little deeper here. You know, 36 years, this is the this is the church that you, you know, you had the privilege and blessing and honor to plant and yeah. you're still there. Okay, so I have a, I have a double-sided question here. Okay. The first question is, what are some things that are now more difficult for you 36 years in? as compared okay. to when you first started and what are some things that are easier for you now 36 years in as compared to when you first started uh well let me go to the second one first because i have to think about that first one a little bit more <laughs> which was easier now i think um probably uh the realities of the transitions of people okay mm -hmm. uh, Earlier on, you know, it's just every person that would leave the church and if anybody passed you know, every pastor is got you're going to have people leave your church. Okay. That's just yeah, reality. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to leave for all kinds of reasons. And many times they're going to tell you, you're the reason <laughs> that they're yeah. leaving. But the point, and that was devastating to me. I mean, early on for many, many years, I mean, I would stay awake at night and I would just oh, grieve over it. And, you know, it just, it tore my heart out. And, but over the years I've learned, you know, God has a plan. He has a purpose. I don't, he, he's in charge of this deal and I'm not. And uh, he has the way of uh, uh, taking and bringing and uh, so that's become a lot easier in, in these years of my life, which, by the way, COVID has tested quite a bit uh, in terms of uh, church attendance and those kind of things, as most pastors will attest to. Uh, so that definitely has become easier. What has become harder? Let me see if I can answer that question. Virgil, that's a question I've actually never thought about. Come on. I'm, I'm, that, uh, I'm not trying to stop really, you, but I want to get you to think. Me, yeah, you just put me right in the corner there on that one. Uh, harder is, um, what is harder? I, I think it's probably um, it's probably harder to, uh, uh, let me say it this way. I don't want to say it's harder. It's the, the most challenging thing for me right now is to learn, to learn. Here's the key. I think, I think we've got it now <laughs> is to, to learn more of what I need to lean into and what I need to lean away from okay, okay. this season of my life. Because, you know, when you're earlier in pastoring everything, you know, you got to lean into everything. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you, because that's your job, you've got to be that lead pastor. You've got to, you know, the, the buck is always stopping at your desk, so, so to speak, even though you have leaders around you. But I, I just learning how to say, you know what, these are things that I need to delegate further out. And, and sometimes it's harder to let go of something than it is to hold on to something. And so I would say that's probably way more challenging for me in this season, learning how to detach from the things I need to detach from and engage with the things that I need to engage with. And it's, it takes wisdom to do that. And again, uh, that's that's really off the top of my head because I've really never thought about that before. So that was a great <laughs> question. And I guarantee you I will be thinking about that question. So Yeah, yeah. I even wonder and and maybe you know maybe not, but I even wonder even just the physical the physical demands or nature of yeah. mm -hmm. you know multiple you know multiple services, multiple campuses, you know, yeah. all these oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no question that your energy level is is different the older you get. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to think of myself as old, but I do realize that it probably takes me a little longer to recoup from a weekend yeah. than, than it used to. Uh, but those are things you learn. To, also, pacing yourself, I think, is a valuable thing to learn over time. I wish I had probably paced myself a little better earlier in the earlier years of my life. Uh, I'm a kind of a go-getter and, 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 and stay with the process. There were weekends that, you know, 
foolishly enough, I would have, because of our multiple campuses on certain occasions, I would preach five or six times a weekend, you know, and, and, uh, but not up to that nowadays. Uh, do it if I have to, but uh, would prefer not to. I'll sure. send somebody else to do that. So sure, I love this. This is great. This is great. Hey, everybody! I hope you're taking advantage of this. If you're listening to this in your car or watching it at home, this is some great. This is leadership gold here from Pastor Dale O'Shields. All right, Pastor Dale. Here's here's another here's another question. When, when we're talking leadership longevity, right? Yeah. Um, why is it that some make it and go far? You know decades right and and some don't what, what are some of the factors that that you would say play into you know especially as we talked as we reach young you know younger leaders or or you know leaders that are have been in a couple of years and they're thinking man i, I want to do this because a lot of people i think everybody starts out saying i want to go the long haul why don't right. why doesn't everybody make it you don't want to miss this month at avail or any month for that matter why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens. A live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part? It's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Well, I think, you know, uh, I think, first of all, there's a certain dimension of of calling, you know, that, that I think there's a certain constitution that certain people have that other people don't have. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at certain pastors that have been just around forever, it seems like, and and others that maybe have a shorter tenure in the way. And so it, some of that has to do with the calling of God upon a person's life. Uh, but I also think there's some practices that you can put in place that will help you, as I like to say when I do seminars from time to time, to stay strong for long. And so uh, you, you want to Make sure that you have a good, solid relationship with Jesus. That doesn't, that never goes away. I mean, you, you got to be on your face every day uh, and you've got to be honest with God and able to have meaningful devotional times. I mean, I've got, to, I've got piles of journals of what I've written over the years of the ups and downs. I mean, these are the uh, extra biblical versions of the book of Psalms, okay, uh, with David uh, expressing his emotions. And so you have to be able to, uh, to address your feelings on the inside, not hold them in, because that's going to eat away at you. It's going to wear you down. It'll get you to the point where you're ready to quit. I would also say, uh, as I heard Tommy Barnett, everybody knows and loves Tommy Barnett. He said, you know what? It's okay to resign. Just don't uh, just 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 don't uh, take it seriously. In other words, you can do it, but don't really do it. Okay. (laughs) So there are times in life you want to give up, work through it, acknowledge that and then move on and say, but I'm not I'm not giving up. I think probably the best thing that I've learned over the years uh, and one of the best things that my wife and I talk about regularly is that we haven't tried to. to, to make some big, flashy, quick move of church growth. We've just been steady eddies. Get up every morning, put your feet to the ground, do the task that's before you. And I think that those are the some of the principles that keep you strong for long. One other thing I would add, Virgil, is that I've had a group of men that have been praying with me every, it used to be every Friday morning, but now it's every Thursday morning for uh, for over 30 years that uh, we meet together at 545 every Thursday morning now. We pray together and to have that group of people uh, praying with me consistently has made a huge difference. I will never underestimate that power in my life as well. Woo, I love that. It gives you a lot to think about because the truth is everybody starts out saying, hey, I want to be in this for the long haul. But yes. not everybody does. And we got to learn. We have to learn from that, and especially in, in a time uh, where 
it seems like every couple of weeks or months you're hearing the story of a pastor who, you know, whether it's personally kind of broke down or morally kind of fell. Um, Wow. There's, there's, let's talk about that. Just the importance. And you kind of mentioned it right now about that prayer, that prayer group, like the importance of, of accountability, accountability and and, and the right people, the right voices. Uh, Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think there's, you know, there's, accountability has been an issue that's been in the forefront for for a number of years now. But uh, I think in some cases it's been misunderstood. Accountability really is all about it can't happen well unless there's trust. Because if you don't have someone in your life that you really trust and you can have conversation with at a real honest level, then you can you can even with your your accountability partner you can you can fake it. Okay? Sure. So the reality is you need to have people in your life that you really trust. And I think you probably know Virgil. One of my closest friends is Pastor Robert Berger uh, mm. from Canada Vida in, in South America. We've been friends for for many, many years. And there's not anything that I would feel like I couldn't talk to him about mm. because I know I can trust him. And I know he feels perhaps the same way about me. So having people in your life and you don't build trust. And I mentioned that earlier. You don't build it really overnight you build it incrementally, mm. uh, you know, so it's, it's a relational thing that you build incrementally. So having people that you trust, being able to be honest with them. And I think also uh, I'll, I'll come back to it again because I, I cannot underestimate, overestimate this, the power in your life. And that's just the ability to have that personal time with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, real, real time with Jesus and to know that you're living your life in front of him at all times. And that's the biggest accountability you'll ever have in your life. If you'd really develop that personal, devotional, intimate relationship with Jesus, it's always growing. It's never perfect, but it's it's something that we set as a pursuit of our life. And um, I, I sometimes remind our, our leaders here and spiritual leaders, anytime I talk to them, if you're going to be a spiritual leader as a primary qualification, you have to be spiritual. <laughs> You can't be a spiritual leader and not be spiritual. We're not called to be organizational leaders. And I think sometimes guys get into the uh, to the mindset, I'm I'm a, I'm a CEO or I'm an organizational leader, but yeah. you know, you're a pastor and you have organizational responsibilities. The yeah. First and foremost, we're spiritual leaders. And so to be spiritual leaders, it means we have to be on our face learning what it means to be spiritual. Woo, that's really good. You know, a thought just came into my mind before we go to kind of – the last topic that I want to touch on, which is um, pouring into younger pastors. Um, before we do that, I think this t- this this is a factor that we need to consider both for personal restoration and freedom and also for longevity, which is your marriage. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's it's impossible for us to be well in our souls if our marriage is tanking or, or to have this longevity of health and leading well and successfully, if we're not winning and having success in that area, can you speak to that? Yeah, I think it, it, it all goes back to who do you want to respect you the most? And just, just to think about that for a moment, uh, who do I want to respect me the most? Do I want to be respected in my church more than I want to be respected in my family? Okay. Wow. And I, I made the decision you know, and try to live this out. It's not always perfect in any of us. But, you know, when it comes to the end of the day and the end of my life, I want my family to have respected me. 
I want my wife to say, you know what? I lived with this man X number of years and I respect him because wow. I know who he is. My children respect me. My grandchildren respect me. If I'm respected at home, then I'm going to be, I'm not, I'm not talking about respected in the sense of uh, respect isn't demanded. It is earned. And so when you earn that sense of, of esteem and respect at home by the way you live your life and the way that you try to try to navigate your marriage and your, your, your parenting and those kind of things, again, I'd be the first to acknowledge that none of us, I'm not perfect in that, never have been. But if it's the goal of your life, then it translates into every other part of your life because really where you get to practice relationship skills the most <clears throat> and leadership the most isn't in the church or in the business, it's in the family. What you learn there and what you do there really translates well into the other avenues of life. So that's that's kind of my take on that. Ooh, that's good. Who do I want to respect me most? I love it. I love it. All right. So let's shift gears. One last sure. time here, Pastor Dale. This is great, by the way. I'm really enjoying this. I'm, I'm learning and I'm taking down notes. <laughs> um, I've seen and noticed that you, as well as many of your friends, even Pastor Robert Berger, who's uh, one of my overseers here at Vertical Church, um, you guys have a passion for equipping and encouraging younger pastors, you know, pouring into them. Why, why is that? I think partially uh, kind of go back to what you were talking about earlier, Virgil. You know, when when I was coming up in ministry, I had a great pastor, but um, it, the environment of support and encouragement from uh, groups of pastors and people that we respected in ministry was not as as available as uh as I could have used back in the early days of ministry, getting the church started. I mean, if I could have just had a few seasoned guys around me that would just, you know, send me a, a text. Or of course, we didn't have texts back then, but send me a note, pick up the phone, call, whatever it might have been. You know, that would have been meant so much to me. I mean, it would have made such a difference in my life. My pastor yeah. was very good at doing that, but it, it, it was limited, a very limited group of people that I had access to. And so I think part of what uh, we, I, I've, been committed to and, and want to continue to work toward is, is accessibility to younger pastors and primarily not for the purpose of necessarily trying to download any great amount of wisdom, but more importantly, just to listen. And I was, I, honestly, that's just sometimes the greatest thing you can do, just let somebody talk. Okay. And I was, I was praying one morning and I, you know, and, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, would you rather have a speaking ministry or a listening ministry? <laughs> wow. Think about that. And that's, I mean, it just really arrested me. Yeah. Most of us want a speaking ministry. We want our mm -hmm. we want our name on the marquee. We want yeah. to be in the big yeah. conferences. Hey, I'm the speaker of the conference. But the Lord challenged me. He said, what, what would you rather be? Would you rather have wow. a speaking ministry or a listening ministry? I think most of us would opt for the speaking ministry. But God, I think, is looking for some folks who've maybe had some seasoning of, of years and, and, and experiences and, you know, a few battle scars along the way just to be able to sit down with the younger pastors the, that are going through stuff and say, hey, Tell me your story. Talk to me. Let's see what's going on. Let's let, let let's get that. Let's let's take some of the air out of that beach ball that you're trying to hold under the water, <laughs> and uh, see if we can't deflate it a bit so that you have energy to do what God's called you to do. That's so good. Um, so here's another one of my double sided questions, okay. uh, and then I want to try something kind of fun off the cuff here. But but here here's here's the question: What would you say right now to young pastors or leaders? who don't have someone maybe older, more experienced, further down the road speaking into their lives, whether it's a mentor or a counselor or a coach, what would you say to them? And then what would you say to 
older pastors, more experienced, more seasoned, that don't have some Timothys, right? Some some younger leaders and pastors that they're yeah. pouring into. I would say to the to the younger guys that feel like they don't have anyone, you, you've got to lean in somewhere. Yeah. You've got to find a place to lean in. There's so many different wonderful places. You know, Ark is a great place. I'll just plug that because I'm I'm just a part of that uh, that that whole world there. Yeah, that tribe. And so Ark is a great place to connect. Uh, United Pastors Network. You know, we've got opportunity. But you, what what I've noticed is the guys that that get it lean in for it. Okay. And so you know, they're they're not sitting back hoping that you know that Bishop so and so is going to call them today. Okay? <laughs> they lean into Bishop so and so and say, you know yeah. what? Hey, can I have some time with you? Would you have coffee with me? You know, would you? You know, can I have a phone call with you? Yeah. And I have yeah. guys that do that with me from time to time. And you know what? I, I connect with them. Why? Because they're leaning in. Okay. And so never think that someone doesn't. There's no there's no greater pleasure for for me than to be able to just let somebody lean in and be be a part of that. I'd say to the to, on the other side of that coin, uh, here's a problem I think we all have. I don't have anything to give anyone. They don't they don't want to mm. they don't have, they, I don't have any they don't want to talk to me or uh, you know I'm 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 older than them and you know they're in a new wave of uh, of contemporary church and they they don't want to talk to an old fogey like me. You know that's mm. the mindset that we can get as as we get older. But the reality is, as I mentioned a few moments ago as well, actually those guys are interested in having some some fathers and some grandfathers in their life. And uh, just to view that, hey, I, I don't necessarily have all the wisdom in the world, but one thing I do have, I have two ears. And because I have two ears, I can sit down with uh, someone and, and listen. That is awesome, awesome advice right there. So whether you are the younger leader who just needs to lean in. Come on, be, take initiative, you know, yes. don't, don't be passive. Um, and then for those of you who are, who are, have been in this a little longer, a little more seasoned, don't, don't underestimate how much you can add as a spiritual father, as a spiritual grandfather, as just a exactly. pair of listening ears to a young pastor, a young leader who might really, really need it. That's really good advice. All right. So I want to try something, Pastor Dale. All right. Let me put on my, I'm going to put my, uh, Feeling a little nervous. My beach ball is getting some air in it right now. No, no, no. This is good. This is good. I, okay. I like to I like to do something a little bit off the cuff, a little bit um, right. um, different, but it's fun. So you don't have to be nervous. Um, right. I, li- I like to just hear some <laughs> responses here. Let me see if I get some music going back here. All right, here we go. I have some music going on in the background. I'm paired. All right, here we go. First question, Pastor Dale. Talk to me about any hobbies, anything you'd like to do for fun. Hobbies, I, I love photography and I love anything to do on the water. I love to get on the water. So water and photography are my big deals. Woo! All right, good. What makes you laugh? Hey, what makes me laugh? Uh, my grandkids. The, 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 the incredible things they say that are off the cuff that are just absolutely ridiculous, but so funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you're much of a music guy, but who who do you enjoy listening to music-wise? Oh, yeah. My taste in music goes all over the all over the map. I love jazz. I love Bill Gaither. I love Bethel. I love uh, Maverick City. I mean, I mean, just, it, I, I mean, I've got all that stuff on my playlist. So uh, I am cool. Okay, I like I'm, any, I'm, any Spanish. Cool. Any Spanish stuff in there? Uh, I've got some Spanish. Uh, yeah, some Latin jazz. Yes. For sure. yeah. All right. Maybe some Camino de Vida worship too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No question about that. So, all right. Here's another question. If you could sit and have coffee with anybody, 
Oh, wow. Who would be on that? Maybe two or three. Who would be on that list? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, it wouldn't be possible only when we get to heaven. But I would love to have a coffee with Billy Graham. Who wouldn't want to have a coffee with uh-huh. that guy and talk about his life and his incredible experiences? Uh, off the top of my head, Virgil, I can't think of anybody else uh, other than my friends. I enjoy having a, <laughs> sitting down with them. There's nothing like that. So, All right. When you were a kid, what did you yeah. want to be when you grew up? A lawyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was what I wanted to be. That was the objective of my life until I felt called of God to go into ministry. So, and that did you? So, are you into like those lawyer movies and all that? Uh, some novels, <laughs> some law novels, but I haven't. I'm not, I'm not a big movie guy, but okay. uh, I, I, anything related to the law, I, I enjoy uh, delving into it, understanding it, and thinking about it. All right. Any hidden talents that most people don't know about that you could expose here? I am a guitar player. Oh, me too. Yeah. All right. I'm not very good, but I, but it is one of my, my, my past uh, hobbies and uh, interest areas. I like that. I like that. Very good. Very good. All right. Um, leaning in toward the final stretch here, a little bit more serious. Yeah. What breaks your heart? Yeah. What breaks my heart is just, I, I think really is I've, actually it's very real to my heart recently as I've been thinking about just as going through going through COVID, just the the people that are lost without a sense of hope in the midst of all this, living in fear and hopelessness. So I think really my heart breaks for the for the gospel. Jesus is the answer mm. for the world. And getting that answer out there is probably more important to me now than uh, at least certainly I'm more passionate about it than I've ever been. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So Man, this has been such a great conversation. I think leader, I think leaders, pastors, ministry, the people that are watching and listening are leaning in right now. Pastor, this has been so good. I want to remind everybody um, how they can connect with you, where they can find you. Let's review. For what, what's the websites? What are the websites again? Our church website is church-redeemer.org, church-redeemer.org. I do have a, a blog uh, uh, website, daleoshills.com. Uh, but most of the resources we've talked about today, you'll find at church-redeemer.org. Perfect. Yeah, they can find uh, Steps to Freedom book there as well. Freedom, several other books that we've produced here that provide curriculum and those kind of things. Yep. I know you mentioned to me off air that uh, you're not necessarily a big social media person, but you are on social media, so they can find you on Instagram, right? At Dale O'Shields uh, and Twitter as well, but uh, yeah, at Dale O'Shields, yep. Excellent. Excellent. I want to mention here, because I do it uh, every Avail episode, the Avail Journal uh, is one of those resources, uh, Pastor Dale, that just brings so much value. Um, the, the quality of the Avail Leadership Journal, Avail, I think it's one of the premium Christian leadership magazines right now. Uh, what would you say as, as far as resources uh, in pastors and leaders' hands, the value of that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh Anything that, that comes out of Avail, Sam, and all the team there, all you guys, just tremendous stuff. I, I can't speak highly enough of Sam and the work that he does. I mean, he's a leader's leader and just premier and sterling absolutely in every way. And so I would just encourage people, lean into that stuff. Uh, always be a grower. Always be a learner. Mm. Uh, never stop learning. That's one of the things that's been an objective to my life. So lean into the resources. So much available. And uh, don't let life go you by without, without getting everything you can get. Get wisdom. It's the greatest thing you can get. Yeah, that's so good. So everybody, if you didn't know this, if you're listening or watching right now to the Avail podcast, I want you to know you can claim a free 
annual subscription to the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. That's our heart. We want to put practical, relevant uh, Christian leadership resources in the hands of leaders like yourselves. Availjournal.com for your free annual uh, subscription. You're going to love it. You're going to find resources. Uh, what I love about the Avail Journal is that there's a multicultural, um, multi-generational uh, uh, perspective and articles and great resources. Make sure you connect with that. Uh, Pastor Dale, what is, what's just the final, maybe a final nugget you want to leave on all the leaders' hearts today? I think just would encourage everybody to realize you're called of God. And uh, as someone who's called of God, he who he he calls or she who is called is equipped as well. And so don't be intimidated by the task that's in front of you. Hey, put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Good things are in front of you. Woo. So good. So good. Uh, Pastor Dale, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, the whole Avail team that's behind the scenes and everything that we do here, we just want to take advantage uh, of this opportunity to tell you that we are thankful for your life and your ministry. We honor you and we bless you for what you've done, for what you're doing and for what you continue to do. Uh, We are really privileged and blessed to have you here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. Really enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody, I want to make sure that you stay connected. Uh, Church-redeemer.com. That's how you can find the information for Pastor Dale, his books. Also, look into United Pastors Network. I think that's going to be kicking back maybe 2023, Pastor Dale. Yeah, we're looking at a 2023 comeback. We've got a couple other things planned this year that'll uh, be a priority related to some younger pastors. But uh, hopefully next year we'll be back in. Yeah, United Pastors Network, a great conference and also a great tribe to learn and grow with other leaders, other pastors. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, everybody. Learning, growing, take some notes, share it with your team, share it with somebody you love. Share it with yourself a little later as you read over the notes. I think you're going to be encouraged. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra, your Avail Media host, and we love learning the art of leadership here on the Avail Podcast. We'll see you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast. We hope you've been intrigued by this conversation with Dale O'Shields. You can connect with Dale at church-redeemer.com and daleoshields.com and on social media. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.